sellout with Charles Riley. First and foremost, I'm Charles Riley. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm from the area. I'm from Lawton, mainly Southside product and proud. Uh, 1307 Southwest Jefferson will forever be home. Uh, I made a lot of memories there and to this day those uh, still sit with me they still resonate with me and they have helped shape who I am what I am is not what I'm technically defined as nowadays which is a sellout what is a sellout a sellout is a person who betrays something to which he or she is said to owe allegiance uh, so in this case we're discussing uh, it being used in racial context among African Americans it's, it's kind of sad that in 2021 we're still talking about racial marriage hell racial friendships for that matter but uh, mainly racial marriage um, I married my wife Elisa Riley April 21st 2017 uh, earlier this year we celebrated four years and it hasn't been the easiest road at all but definitely worth it. Uh, I could sit here all day, you know, and try to beat into you that I married her for who she was and not the color of her skin. But in certain people's minds, their minds are already made up. And in my mind, I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at peace with who I am and the decision I made. Now, when it comes to the context of being a sellout, doesn't really matter who you happen to marry but again specifically if they're a Caucasian you're enemy number one automatic again it's said that if you marry a Caucasian woman that you're a sellout there aren't enough black women you hate black women, which is the most ignorant shit that I've ever heard. And I probably am just saying that now, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of shit that's at the top of that list. But it has to be automatic top five ignorant things I've ever heard. Like, they forget you have a black mom. You have black sisters and black nieces and black cousins so on and so forth so to even accuse you of self-hatred is pretty sad uh, people won't even know you personally and they will try to judge you by your situation which is funny because a lot of them don't know your situation me personally uh 
people know, you know, things about me, what I allow to be out there. You know, there's a lot of things I don't talk about, a lot of things I feel like I don't need to talk about. My business is my business the same way your business is your business. But I digress from my original point in being that people, in my opinion, when ignorant, automatically just make up whatever the fuck they want to make up. In their mind, if they see something, that's what it is. And this is about my experiences in life. Doesn't mean that every person, specifically African American men, have went through this. But I have African American friends that have gone through similar, you know, little shit like being in a restaurant. <laughs> Being at Walmart, being at the airport, and, and you're still getting dirty looks. You're still getting mean mugged like it's 1957. And in my personal experiences, it's either been younger African-American women or it's been older Caucasian women. Again, everybody's situation is different. I was in the airport Back in 2019, uh, we were on our way to take Landon to Disneyland. Uh, so for those who don't know, Landon is my oldest son. He will be nine here in September. Don't know where the fuck time has gone, but I just needed to slow down. Anyway, we're in this airport and we're waiting on our flight and... Me and him are just chilling. He's on my lap. You know, we're playing. We, you know, we're doing what we do. You know, it doesn't matter where we are. We're always going to do what we do. And we're just playing, having a good time, uh, sharing a wholesome moment. Uh, you know, there's people around. And, of course, people around that, you know, are making different expressions that are doing different things. One that stuck out, uh, like I said, older Caucasian lady mugging the shit out of us like if looks could kill like I don't care mug me you know hate me do what you do but come on now children like we all know children will play with anybody unless taught differently and literally just mug the shit out of us the entire time so you know I don't <laughs> I don't really understand it um I mean, I'm not going to act ignorant like it's, you know, a concept that I haven't grasped because clearly I have. I just don't get it. Uh, I met his mom when he was two months old. I uh, came in the picture and, of course, initially, um, you know, I was getting to know his mom, you know, saw where it went from went from there, where it was going to go from there. You know, nothing was guaranteed. Nothing was promised. I didn't go in thinking I'm going to be a stepdad, especially at the time uh, I was 21 going on 22 young, dumb, didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do with myself or life, you know, just kind of just navigating through every day, just trying to, you know, figure shit out because, you know, life didn't come with a manual. So I met this woman and, you know, we clicked automatically. 
whatever it was, you know, um, we had our differences, of course, but, you know, they say opposites attract, but it was just something about the situation and about her that was different. Eventually, we got closer, we fell in love. I stepped in that role still, not necessarily, you know, thinking stepfather, um, just, you know, positive role model. Because that's what you, you know, hope for, especially with our youth. You know, a lot of us, uh, you know, I have to give you a sob story, but, you know, a lot of us grew up differently. I was blessed to have a stepdad who was there for a lot of part of my childhood, but he also showed me, you know, some ugliness that I would never show a child. You know, some selfishness, you know, shit that I couldn't control when he you know, was into it with my mom or they were doing their off and on thing, you know, and it, it showed and, you know, things he, you know, said shit you shouldn't say to nine year olds, 10 year olds, you know, just making it seem like you don't have to be there and I should feel blessed. Like that's something I should feel, you know, not some shit you should be telling me, but regardless, uh, I'm not going to act like it was all bad. You know, he taught me a lot of the things that I know now. Uh, Of course, there's no way my, you know, he can even be in the picture without my dad doing, you know, what he did. You know, there's always different sides. You know, there's multiple sides to a story. There's one person's side, the other person's side, and then there's the truth. I'll never truthfully know why my dad, you know, walked out on me, but it is what it is. And, you know, I say that anyway, but I'd be lying if I said that 28 years later, it still doesn't affect me. Cause like I said, I was three. Uh, I just turned 31 back on the 21st of July. So I'm blessed to see that but again he walked out Uh, my brothers never met him I have two younger brothers Darius and Darian and my mom was pregnant with them and I was three when he left so if anything in life I was determined to never ever fail it it was being a father stepfather positive male role model whatever uh i just wanted to give you know these kids what i didn't experience um getting a little off topic but i just want to you know dive deep into multiple things uh throughout this season you know where you really get to know me. Um, I feel like at this age, I'm more comfortable with telling what I've been through, expressing my thoughts, giving my opinions. Uh, Anyone that knows me, I honestly have never really given a fuck about somebody's opinion. Uh, I'm going to say it. You know, maybe it's a blessing and a curse, but I'm going to say how I feel regardless of the situation. So to kind of wrap up, pretty much what I was saying um, as far as, you know, meeting my wife and, you know, taking in 
you know, that responsibility as far as Landon, you know, and then eventually all these years later, we have Wesley, who was born last year. Um, he's our miracle baby, you know, after years of trying and struggling and not thinking it was going to be a thing, uh, you know, here he came, which 100% just proves that, you know, you're not in control of anything, nothing at all. So, like I said, back in that airport, just us getting mugged and you know, just the blatant disrespect. You know, normally I don't say anything at all to those people. But, you know, now, you know, kill them with kindness. You know, hey, how are you? She rolled her eyes and she didn't watch us the rest of the way. But until we got on our flight, we went on about our way. Uh, like I said, my me and my wife, you know, we... I, I can't say, you know, we went through anything super traumatic as far as you know, race, um, you know, is concerned in the sense of, you know, like, like it's gotten super bad, you know, you know, it's not a, you know, some type of, you know, some hate crime or, you know, we haven't gone through anything compared to, you know, like our ancestors went through or the early pioneers who paved the way for me and her to even be married, which we'll dive into that also, just in case, you know, some of the listeners aren't, you know, extremely caught up and educated on that. Me and my wife nowadays, you know, with working, uh, of course, being full-time parents, side hustles, you know, you don't always get the time to, you know, go out, you know, as much as you like, which I'm hoping we, you know, we change that, you know, got to remember you were husband and wife you know, for the main, you know, part, you were, you know, husband and wife before, you know, being, you know, parents in a sense. So like I said, she had a little man and, you know, I came in, we raised him and we you know we had another one. But again, you know, we, we met, you know, as two individuals and, you know, you never want to forget that. But like I said, even when we did go out you know, at restaurants, mean mugs, dirty looks, smart comments that they didn't think you heard, but you did. But just, you know, you really kind of just sweep it under the rug. Yeah, you know what it is. Well, I think one of the saddest things, uh, I was talking to a co-worker of mine's. Uh, his name is Chris. Cool dude. Cool thing about jobs is it'll literally have you cool as hell with people that be like twice your age. You know, like Chris is in his 50s. Um, so, and he's a Caucasian male. And he'll be telling me all kind of shit that I'm like, what? Like, never would have knew because, you know, we come from two different, you know, backgrounds. And it's kind of cool that when he tells me that he can learn from me as much as I can learn from him on certain things. For example, he didn't realize that for a lot of us African-American men a lot of that hate and ridicule that we get is you know from our own community and that's not everybody you know I'll never categorize everyone that'd be ignorant and asinine but yeah he didn't realize that you know that was a thing uh, people assume automatically you know that it's the other race you know it's not 
you know, it's not Caucasians, you know, out here on that bullshit when it comes to Caucasians. It's not African-Americans on it, you know, with African-Americans. It's from the other side when it's just 100% not true, at least in my experience. I get a lot of that hate specifically from, you know, my own community. I won't dive deep into that. I feel like they don't, you know, deserve the publicity. But, you know, you get a lot of people, like I said, you know, it'd be mainly, you know, people of your own, you know, culture and background who have deemed you a sellout, an uh, Uncle Tom, you know, you, you a nigga who don't care for his own, you know, kind. Again, specifically younger black women with me. There, there weren't enough of them that we had to go out and find somebody else that wasn't them. Now, I will say this. The only issue I have with some black men is, you know, they'll go out and they'll love who they love. That's all right. Do that. But at the same time, they'll be putting down our sisters all day, every day. <laughs> you know typical stereo type shit you know as far as they're loud and they're angry you know and they don't do shit but nag and disturb your peace when it's just not you know true uh we're too old for people to be confusing you know character flaws with it's your color you know, you just aren't ignorant and ghetto. Oh, man, don't, don't be mad. You know, she just black. She can't help it. You know, that's just not how shit works. It's not how it works at all. But these guys, I see it all the time. Um, I try to, you know, be an advocate for a whole bunch of shit. Uh, social media, in my opinion, has made it worse because it's given these dudes, uh, you know, a platform to do it like they were already doing it but now you see it with their posts and you know taking a picture uh with their you know female they're with regardless of color i'm just gonna throw a random one out there caucasian and you know like oh i'm with my boo britney you know whatever oh life is just good you know life has been great you know it just it's nice to not be with somebody who just loud all the time black women this black women that and it's pathetic, you know, it's it's sad and it says more about them than it does anyone else. You know, date who you date, love who you love, but you don't have to put down, you know, your own kind. But at the same time, uh, I feel like a lot of African-American women have to realize that that's not all black men. You know, you can't associate with who he fell in love with, with him hating you. Because two of the most important people in my life, being uh, my mom and my niece, are African-American. And I die for them. But when it when it's nothing but ignorance that's clouding your judgment, you don't want to hear shit like what I just said. You know, you're stuck in your way automatically. 100% it's he hates black women. So, I want to dive, you know, deeper into that. 
Um, again, this episode is titled Sellout. I guess I've been a sellout for a decade now. Uh, that's how long me and my wife, you know, have been together. You know, the typical off and on, you know, makeup to breakup. You know, we we met as young adults, so we we had a lot of, you know, growing uh, and a lot of growing pains to get where we are now. But I wouldn't ask for a different person you know, to go through those trials and those tribulations with. It just sucks that a lot of times the choices you make as far as who you, you know, marry can do things like disrupt relationships with like relatives. And like I said, um, I'm going to be open. Uh, I'm not going to dive deep into it. I don't want to throw people under the bus, you know, you know, shit like that. So certain people will be uh, labeled anonymous, but yeah, it's sad. Uh, it's sad when, you know, you're supposed to support the people you care about, excuse me, the people you say you care about, the people you say you love, but you don't, you know, the love is never reciprocated. You can't on your own terms decide when to love and when to support people. I wholeheartedly believe that. As far as I'm concerned, I just want everybody to be happy. You know, I honestly, you know, I'm not losing sleep on who you want to be with at all. Like I said, you ain't got to put down your own race if you're going to date outside your race. Do what you do. Um, what I don't like, though, is the double standard. If an African-American man decides to be with a Caucasian woman, he's a sellout. He's betrayed his own kind and his own people. And over the years, I've seen African-American women date African-American men. For whatever reason, those relationships didn't work out. So now they're dating, you know, Brad. They're, you know, they're dating Todd. So they go get them a Caucasian male. They're posting their pictures. They're talking about it. And you got other African-American women telling her she glowing. You know, good job. He, speaking of job, I seen one time, like I said, I don't mention names. I seen one time on my social media, um, an African-American uh, young lady was, you know, dating a young Caucasian male. And the comment section was just disgusting. It was the congrats were cool and all, you know, if you really genuinely wanted her to be happy, but they were just hella putting down black men, you know, stereotyping the shit out of black men. You know, they, you know, not taking care of their kids and they don't work and they don't know how to, you know, talk to you and they mistreat you and they don't do nothing but cheat on you, you know, just basically just we all are grouped as ain't shit niggas and again like i said a double standard because if you flip that and the guy is saying that same type of shit about a african-american female he's public enemy number one so for sure one thing we need to do is we have to kill that double standard like just let people be happy regardless who they are don't 
pick and choose who's allowed to be happy and who's betrayed their own people. I want to take a moment to pay homage to the couple who put me in the position today where I married whoever the fuck I wanted to. For those who don't know, Mildred and Richard Loving were married in Virginia back in 1958. And of course, we all know at that time, you know, thing was things as far as on the racial, you know, end of the scale were very, very bad. You know, emotions were high. And it was so bad that technically it was deemed illegal. So, like I said, nowadays, you know, it may be frowned upon amongst people who still, you know, want to live in the dark age. But then it was literally illegal. And Mildred Loving, who was an African-American female, and Richard Loving, who was her Caucasian husband, said, fuck that. Like I said, true pioneers. I'm going to love who I want to love. So they, quote unquote, broke the law and got married. Now, one day they're in their home. They're sleeping and the officers break into their home. Now, the initial plan was to break in, hoping to catch them making love because being together was already you know, illegal, but you'd face even more jail time if y'all were having sexual intercourse, potentially out here, you know, repopulating or helping, you know, repopulate the earth and keep it going, but with babies that nobody at the time wanted, nobody wanted mixed little babies, which, side note, has nothing to do with anything, my mixed baby is fucking beautiful, (laughs) but I digress, Uh, Mildred and Richard, like I said, got married in 1958. So they were together. Cops break in. They were asleep. They were hauled off, taking the jail automatically. They had a choice. Their choice was to serve the one-year jail sentence, or to leave. And not just leave. Leave the country. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're not welcome here. Like, it's quick how they turned on Richard specifically because, you know, Mildred, they didn't give a fuck about her. Not only was she African-American, she was a woman, so she damn near didn't exist. Richard was Caucasian. You know, he was widely accepted, and he was upper echelon, top tier. But, you know, he was messing around with the niggers and you know they pulled his card sent his ass packing too so they decided to go they left uh, left for about a year but they're from Virginia they missed their they missed their family they missed their friends so they decided to go back clearly nothing's changed They're still not allowed to be there. Also, they're not allowed to be married. 
So eventually, you know, they decided to, you know, fight it. Like we want to live and we want to live in peace. So eventually it made it all the way to the Supreme Court. So by, so again, they got married in 58 and these people battled and battled until 1967. Like it didn't technically get argued in court until April 10th of 1967. You know, it was a couple of months uh, as far as the trial. But they won. They won and on June 12th, 1967, a court ruled in their favor. Chief Justice Earl Warren ruled in the Levings favor. You know, deemed it unconstitutional and it was their fundamental right to love who they love. Of course, in the Constitution, you know, it didn't say anything about race. Uh, specifically, violated their 14th Amendment rights. So, court rules in their favor and they're able to go and finally live their lives in peace. And every June 12th, it's widely celebrated as Loving's Day. Now, a lot of people don't know that, especially if you're not in an interracial relationship. You know, I've, I've known that way before I was in one. But I did a little bit more, you know, studying and I looked into it a little bit more as I got older because it was extremely monumental to me. Like, it's cool. Like, I hate, you know, certain things in history as far as what people had to go through to get us to where we are now. But then again, you know, that's history. It is what it is. Uh, I just find it very intriguing when you go back and you you find out why. You know, I've never been the type that just sees some shit for what it is or know what it is. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I want to know how, why, what happened for us to get here? Because Virginia was one of the worst states at the time at that. You know what I mean? And here they are, you know, violating Virginia's Racial Integrity Act. That was back from 1924. And they couldn't even get married in Virginia. Like they had to sneak off and go get married in Washington, D.C. You know, trying to maneuver around the law but still technically it was illegal because you were in that state you know illegally married like it's it's crazy it's very crazy and like i said forced out of your home where you worked and where you lived where your family was where you were building a life and not just you know Leave, like I said, they were facing that ter- that short term prison time, or they had to leave, but not just leave. Like they had to be gone for twenty five years. <laughs> I 
I don't know. I just really don't understand it. But if they didn't do what they did, we wouldn't be where we are now, where people can just go out there and go love who they want to love. And I feel like that shit is lit. Like, it's extremely lit. Uh, And I just, again, want to shout out Mildred and Richard Loving for saying, no, I want to love who I want to love. You're not going to tell me or dictate who I'm supposed to love. I'm going to love and I'm going to love my way. Amazing. Now, it doesn't bother me as much nowadays like it used to. Like, I'd be lying. Um, I struggle a lot, you know, with my, you know, anxiety and depression. So, all that unnecessary, unwarranted hate that came my way as far excuse me my relationships way you know it bothered me like it really bothered me you know I'm not gonna get all dramatic and say you know it kept me up at night you know type thing but I thought about it and I thought about it often because I just really struggled to come to terms with in this modern day and age that people are still as closed-minded as they are like it'll never go away you know ever you know you hope it does but you know sadly it won't certain people will forever be stuck in their ways and you know that's their right I can't worry about it I have to keep it pushing I got a family you know a wife and two kids to take care of so you know it is what it is Again, I don't see myself personally as a sellout. I'm not going to let other people dictate what I do or who I am based off of ignorant assumptions. And I hear it all the time. I literally hear it all the time about you don't love you yourself like it's like a self-hatred and and I've heard it all but I never really heard about you know I never really heard that one uh, until you know a few years ago where I heard somebody you know mumble under their breath like how does he look in the mirror and love himself knowing he married outside his race like it's that serious like it's literally that serious and then you got people who but you know what I appreciate those people because they're just 100% real from jump you know what I hate is you have certain people that seem like they're there for you but they're not so then it gets to the point you know they're not accepting your wife they're not accepting your child and it's extremely sad and disheartening The last couple of years specifically, I think, have been 
you know, some of the roughest yet most rewarding years of my life from 29 up until now, make late 28 going into 29 up until now. Uh, marriage was real rocky at the time, extremely rocky. Uh, didn't think me and the wife were going to pull through. She would tell you the same. Uh, it even led to a separation. But there was positive and negative from that situation for both parties. Um, I can't speak for her. I mean, I know what she said that time apart did for her. But that's, you know, her personal business. That was her personal journey. So I won't speak on her. My personal journey in that time, I had to reinvent myself. But I also had to reestablish who I was because honestly if you would have asked me I had no idea you know you just whether it's relationships whether it's friends uh, I got to the point where I was conforming to everybody else's version of what they wanted me to be or what I was supposed to be and it literally wore on me to the point where like I said up until a couple of years ago that you know, I've never been, you know, the suicidal type, but, you know, I question like, what, what am I doing here? You know, what was my purpose? And not just that, like I said, I questioned, um, like I said, me, who I was as far as the individual. Um, I really, in those times, I got to really sit and think about all kind of different stuff, um, you know. One of the most disturbing things I heard was, um, you know, now you can go out and get you a black queen. I agree. African-American women are queens, but so are Caucasian women. So are Asian women. So are Native American or Hispanic women. You can't get caught up in color because, again, nobody saw color coming up you know shit was it was shit you learned and shit that was taught hate is taught so I just hope uh, our youth get it better than we did but we have nothing on what our ancestors went through they went through it the worst 100% I'm not even gonna debate that but again you know they had to you know, they had to walk so we could run. Again, this is stepping out of my comfort zone, even talking about such things or and talking in general. I wanted to do a podcast for a long time. I just made excuses after excuses. So I just said one day, fuck it. Let me just go for it. Let me put myself out there and we'll go from there. This season... If you um, are gracious enough to hang in there and tune in every week, I'm hoping to give you something, some new fresh material every week. But every week I am going to dive deep into things that I feel very strongly about. Things that most people deem controversial and don't want to talk about or touch. This week it was inter- it was race, but it was mainly interracial marriage. There'll be another episode later on this season where we just dive into race as a whole. 
and you know things that you experienced or went through especially in my youth days especially growing up where I grew up it was way way you know worse than I see now which is also a positive not saying our you know our youth don't go through it but you know I'm just happy to see like I don't see kids going through nearly what you know some of us went through on the racial tip anyway um I want to dive into you know things like abortion you know pro-life versus pro-choice I want to discuss that you know tell me I want the feedback I want to see what other people think and feel because I have people on all sides of the fence that are dying to talk about how they feel and I want to get those people together and I want to get those opinions and let's toss those opinions and ideals around the room you know maybe you might teach me something but you have to go into it open-minded the same way I'm gonna go into it open-minded because I feel like being open-minded is truly the only way to really accomplish something people go into shit closed-minded and I really don't understand it because there's no reason you should be in that debate because there's no change in your mind but I digress Uh, like I said also um, we're going to this season we're going to dive into you know adoption talking about adoption we're going to talk about uh, you know fatherhood and the bad rap a lot of fathers get especially African American fathers again we'll dive deep into that as the season rolls on Um, like I said I want to dive into a lot of things that I feel like aren't talked about enough mainly shit like men's mental health Um, this podcast is in no way shape or form you know meant to alienate women or people of other races I'm just only speaking from my personal experiences and only speaking as an African American man because that's all I can do Um, I want to get into I want to talk about things like rape Um, Again, earlier I mentioned ignorant things that I hear. I heard that it's impossible for a man to be raped. Only women. Mind-blowing shit. I I really, uh, I I still haven't really recovered from that opinion. You know, I'm like, wow. The fact that you not only really believe that, but, you know, willing to, you know, cuss somebody out over it because you just stuck in your way of thinking just baffled the hell out of me but if you have made it this far as uh, this comes to a close I really appreciate it like I said I'm stepping out of my comfort zone this is new to me Um, I got on here nervous as hell so I hope it doesn't sound like that in my voice but you know, I wanted to be real. I wanted to be raw. I wanted to be authentic. You know, nothing's, you know, written down. Um, just coming from the, you know, heart. So to close out uh, this week's episode in episode one, which is titled Sellout. I just hope going forward we get into a better position 
uh, like we're better as a country, we're better as a nation, and just letting people love whoever the fuck they want to love. It literally, I promise you, it literally doesn't have shit to do with you. That person's relationship has nothing to do with you. You don't need to mug them. You don't need to have your little, you know, smart ass comments, whatever. Just let people love who they want to love. It's that simple. Again, uh, this is Charles Riley with Young, Black and Gifted, the podcast first episode is titled sellout and i will see you next week have a blessed day